Hello. Hello. It's a it's a true neutral Saturday. Saturday. True. Saturday morning cartoons. True, true neutral. neutral. Saturday morning we ask a question. I'm Keenan. And I'm Derek. Obligatory baby on chest, dog in room PSA. Yep. Yep. So noises outside of us will be probably those things. The baby or the dog. If you hear something that sounds like a ghost, that's the sound of my soul. Or the ghost. Or the ghost. That's also <laughs> possible. So, Keenan, I saw a ghost once in this house, but I think I was on acid at the time, so. Interesting. Today, <laughs> True Neutral is going to ask... True Neutral asks... What are the implications of living in the Stuart Little universe? Okay, mm. so for anyone that hasn't seen Stuart Little... It's a movie about a very posh and prim and proper and nice young family. Yes, uh, Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie's the dad. Yes, yeah. of course. And um, they, their, their, their little baby boy, who's probably what seven in the first movie. Yeah, he's like that. yeah, yeah. That seems about right. Um, youngin. They he he wants a, a baby brother. Right, and they they. Can't conceive? Apparently. They don't really explain that. Because they start the movie off at the the orphanage, I believe it is, or the adoption place. It's it's, it's an orphanage or a foster care facility, something like that. And uh, There's a bunch of children, human children, running around. Yeah, yeah, lots of them. Lots of them, all different ages, and uh, like a diverse range of children just hanging out and playing. Hugh Laurie and his wife, who is also played by a famous actress that I can't remember who... It is at the moment. I don't remember. Uh, should look it up for me. Okay. So yeah, I've know. got IMDb. You keep going. Um, they instead decide to adopt a, a mouse by the name of Stuart, who stands on two feet, dresses in human clothes, and can talk. And is Michael J. Fox. And is played by Michael J. Fox, yes. I, I just got to the IMDb. <laughs> just, just for my own, uh, you know, boast. <laughs> Gina Davis. Gina Davis. I've seen her in other movies. I can't remember. Oh, and Jonathan Lipnicki. And Jonathan Lipnicki is in this movie, too. Yeah, that's, he's... That's the child. Yeah, oh, and then... Nathan um, Lane is Snowbell. Yeah, Nathan Lane is Snowbell. Like, there's, like, a lot of famous people in this fucking movie. Yeah, Steve Zahn, I like him. But... David Allen Greer? So, what I want to focus Tilly? on... Jennifer Tilly? Yeah. Everybody's in this. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what I want to focus on... Is like the aspect of not only is there Julia mice, Sweeney, sorry, sorry. There's mice in this world that walk on. It appears that almost all of the mice in this world, if not all of them, walk on two legs, dress in clothes, and they can talk. Jennifer Tilly shows up. She's a mouse later on in the movie who is. The cat Snowbell, played by Nathan <laughs> Lane, is trying to get Stuart out of the house because he is weirded out by the fact that he has a, a mouse that's his owner. Right. And so he goes and he finds the cat mafia. The cats don't walk on all four legs. They walk or they walk on all four legs. They don't walk on two legs and they right. don't dress up in clothes, but they can talk. However, the humans cannot understand the cats, but, but Stuart, Stuart can. can. Yeah. Yeah. Um fun fact about this film. So this came out like uh I'll double check. I think it came out in 2000. I think so. Um and the sequel came out in, like, 2002, I think. Yeah. 1999. Okay. So, um, for whatever reason, when this was in theaters, I saw it four times. Wow. That is... Why? I don't know. I was six years old in 1999. Oh, all right. Yeah, so, that's weird. Like, however it came up, I had the opportunity, and I went to see Stuart Little four times in theaters. <laughs> all right. Um, but it's yeah, the same so year Phantom of the Menace came out, and you didn't see that four times. I saw it once. <laughs> um, but but like yeah, just the implications of like yeah, the mice are alive. The like sentient sapient. Yeah, yeah, they've got homes and little cars and stuff they use. Well, Stewart has a car. It well, was an RC car. The the well, the little mafia people in the in the in the golf 
place also have little vehicles they use? Uh-uh. They use Stewart's car. Oh, okay. okay. They, they take a taxi there, and they're hailing a taxi, and then... I can't remember Jonathan Lipnicki's character's name, but his brother... Jonathan Lipkitty. Yeah. Because he's the kid, you see. Yeah. Uh, his brother, uh, like, runs out and gives him the RC car, and he's like, take this with you. And then they just get in and start it up. Like, there's a push-button starter, and it, they drive it away. I'm like, I thought it was an, an RC car. Yeah. It's like two scenes before that, they showed him, like, driving the RC car with Stuart just in the driver's seat, acting like he was driving. Right. So then it suddenly really it just works. It makes sense for him to have a car. Yeah, but it, it does happen. Yeah. So. Um, all right, well... The weird thing about this to me is that when we see that, that mouse family that tries to convince Stuart that they're his real family, mm-hmm. um, they, uh, they are hiding. Like, they don't, they're not a part of society. It seems like if they get caught in that mini-putt golf course, they will probably be expelled from there if not yeah. executed I mean, immediately. Yeah. And so it seems like they're still living, like, mouse-rat existence in this world. Why is Stuart getting adopted by a human family? Like, why was he at the orphanage to begin with? Yeah, it was like it, it, they make it seem like he's a real special mouse because he can talk and should be dead because mice don't live that long. But he's like eight. Yeah. Well, and the older ones that pretend to be his parents, they also are able to talk to to Hugh Laurie and Gina Davis or whatever. Like they yeah. understand them. And in the second one, Stuart makes a little uh, a bird friend. Yeah. Like a little bird friend. And the family can understand her just fine as well. Is it just a is it just a choice thing? Do the cats just choose not to be understood? No, because Snowbell yells at the family multiple times throughout the first movie and they just hear him as meows. Yeah. So cuz he's constantly like you're all leaving me behind. Wait up. All this and that. Oh no. They just they it's like they don't even hear a word out of him. So, mice and rats, though, total sapiens. Yeah, and birds, apparently. And birds. Oh, yeah, and in the second one, uh, the, the girl bird that Stuart makes friends with uh, is... Um, James Woods is, like, the hawk that is the mafioso <laughs> above her. It's played by James Woods. People just should just stop really giving funny. him roles. I just, I'm amazed at how many famous people made it into this franchise <laughs> about an orphaned mouse that got a human home. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I feel like this is a huge cultural touchstone, and I don't know why it is. Yeah, I don't know why it is a thing in the first place. I wanted to put it on the bad movies list. Shock of all shocks, it's great reviews and ratings. It's got a a 6 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess IMDb's not great, but, like, the audience scores are, like, people like this shit. And I'm just, I don't understand why... Okay, so... Because I know my son likes it, and so I've had to sit through both of these movies a lot. I've heard... I've heard, uh... Theories that... That, uh, Stuart's born of human parents. But I don't think that's true. That is not... How would that be even possible? Mm-mm. What is this world? It's a rolled doll book. It like, is, yeah... Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're really expecting out of logic. I, I'm also wondering, because we also don't really, we don't see any dogs in this franchise. No? Ever. Huh. Not a single, do you see cats, you see birds, you see mice. Huh. No dogs. Wonder why that is. Yeah. See, because I've often, I've, I've had a, a thought that maybe. Like cats. <laughs> I was thinking maybe, like, you can take, not cats, we're leaving cats out of this. Like, the musical. Uh, um, but you can take other movies with talking anthropomorphized animals, like Homeward Bound, like Cats and Dogs, and like Stuart Little. I like Cats and Dogs. And you might be able to compile them all into one universe. Maybe, but Cats and Dogs clearly has dogs. Cats and Dogs does have dogs. I don't think that the Stuart Little universe doesn't have dogs. I just say we don't see any in their town. So that's weirder. <laughs> that's much more odd if dogs exist and there's nobody in this one town has a single dog. I don't know. Like, because you also get to meet, like, Stuart Little's family, like, his human family. They're cr- insane. 
everyone's walking or like like what year is this taking place in i ask you like look at the way that they're dressed look at the way that they're acting look at the amenities they have around them and tell me what year in history this movie is taking place i assumed the mid 90s there's no way why because everyone's walking around in like fucking suits and sweater vests and like floor length ankle length fucking sundresses and shit like it's that's not like it's a just, 90s aesthetic at all it's just a, it's just a fancy 90s aesthetic it's a rich people 90s aesthetic i don't know cuz they don't they're also not like rich people like they're yes, definitely they no they're upper middle class they are not in like the high, upper class at the most, they're upper middle class. I think if you can just casually adopt a child and not have to worry. They adopted a mouse. Okay, but they still went through all the state proceedings to adopt a child, <laughs> all right? And that is a costly, time-consuming process, and they had zero issue with any of that, which tells me that they are privileged and well-off. I guess. I don't know, man. Not to mention their house, which is very nice, and the ability to do pretty much whatever hobby they feel like, whatever hobby might make Stuart fit in a little better. They just have the money to shell out the equipment for special mouse-sized everything for it. Yeah, well, his brother has it established in the first one that he's very into building models. He builds model trains. He builds like the model cars and things. So he builds things that the mice would fit in already. Well, right. Like, in the second like, one, he builds a model plane that Stuart flies Okay, around. in the first one, Stuart Little really wants to play soccer. He ends and up on the soccer team. He plays soccer. And he has a little mouse-sized soccer uniform, including soccer shorts, soccer cleats, and shin guards. They also buy him the little mouse-sized suit for when they take the family picture. Yeah, and you're telling me there's not somebody charging out the ass for that actual wearable small shit? Well, I think... Because action figure clothes first... aren't made to be, like, actually worn, you know? Yeah, but I think when they first get him clothes, she does take them off of dolls. The mom takes them off of dolls and then takes them in and she's like, hem these or whatever, like, make them to where they'll fit him. So that probably would cost a bit less because she is already providing... That's that's the, the... fair. That's fair. If they, if they are just hemming doll clothes so they fit better, that, that makes it a little bit, like... But that's still precise customized work for mm -hmm. a specialty garment it's still a lot like it's cheaper cheaper yeah but, interesting but yeah so yeah how many other people are out there adopting mice because uh, people think that this is weird too like even yeah. in their world people are like where's your other son and then they hold up this little mouse that says hi and everyone's like huh yeah that was an odd choice but it they do they do look at it like oh, that was a weird choice, not, like, it's a fucking absurd that you have a talking mouse. Yeah. Or like, why would you adopt it? Like, just call it a pet and go get a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, but he can talk. And none of you seem, like, particularly weirded out by the fact that he can talk, just that they made the decision yeah. to adopt him. The family themselves are extremely accepting. Yeah. Like, literally, they no, they don't miss a beat. They're just like, no nice questions. to meet you, Stuart. No questions asked about this little mouse man. The whole thing weirds me out. The whole thing has this, like, weird, uneasy... Like, like you're always a half a step away from it turning into, like, a, a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not quite, like uncanny valley it's like an uncanny reality yeah like it feels it feels close enough to this reality that it's weird because it's not Ex yeah exactly yeah so i i don't really know what to do with the Stuart little universe because <laughs> as as it stands um sapience does not denote privilege as far as i can tell like I said, the the mice in the putt putt, the little mini golf course are, yeah, they're, they're like living at least a little bit in fear because yeah. they might get kicked out of their home at any point in time. They're also hiding from the cat because they were hired by the cat mafia, like under threat of being eaten. Right. 
So they still live that that mouse life. Right. But so we got a cat mafia that can interact with the sapient mice that can talk to humans. Like that's that's a whole underground like crime family happening right there. Yeah. But what what do the cats want? Cuz like well the cats that we see are all living in alleyways except for Snowbell. Right. Every other cat is like a homeless alley cat. Might you say they were mystery cats? <laughs> oh man. Um no, so like they at least it, one of them was a Gumby cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the laugh. <laughs> uh the cats definitely like so do they 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 would probably want money so as to cut the humans out of any process, right? I uh, yes. No, they probably just want direct access to because when Snowbell's friend comes over, all he ever wants is Snowbell's food. Right. So they probably just want more direct access to food. Okay, so I, I'm just thinking, like, if there there's a kitty mafia, well, kitty cat mafia, they're doing the things to, like, blackmail and extort and, like, shake down people, or at least mice. At, at, at the bare minimum, mice. Yeah, but if they're sapient cats who once again can talk to mice who can talk to people Mm -hmm. um it seems like they would use that to their advantage pretty often it seems like they should but they don't appear to i mean these cats aren't very smart but the rest of this world somebody's just getting run by cats oh definitely it's like that episode of futurama yeah yeah Everything is cats. But... And maybe that's why... Maybe the cats just, like, run that city. Maybe that's why we don't see dogs. Yeah. That's possible. Maybe the, the little kitty cat mafia got them all out of there. Yeah. Like, that's entirely... That could be a thing. Cats... I would be really interested to see... Because I, I imagine that it's gotta be, like, a cats and dogs situation where the, the dogs are just as smart as the cats. Or, like, they can talk as well. Yeah. Because the birds can talk, and the mice can talk, and the cats can talk, the dogs have to be able the to. The dogs have to be able to talk. Uh, I don't know. I really didn't like that in this movie. It's one of those little pet peeves of mine, personally, but I didn't like that they did the thing where they used real animals, but then made their mouths move as they like oh, would yeah. if they talked. I always liked Homeward Bound, because it was like the animals were just like telepathically talking to each other. Right. They didn't force like the mouth movements and shit and i always enjoy that it just worked better for me <laughs> that makes sense like it's it's yeah it's weird to force it like that um i'd say oh. i was a homeward bound kid i, I, I watched that never so seen many... it oh really yeah well it's a basically a movie about like there's two dogs and a cat like they're family animals or whatever and their family moves and they get lost like they fall out of the truck or something happens along yeah. the way and they get lost and it's their journey to get back to their family or whatever okay yeah i think there's two homeward bound movies and i loved those movies as a kid they were great and that's that's awesome it's just about yeah these two dogs and this one cat and they're sticking together because they're family and they got to make it back to their family Rad. Yeah. It's good. Good movies. Nice. Um, so, yeah, the, the Stuart Little universe has multiple implications, and one of those I'd like to delve into is uh, Mouse Lifespan. So, uh, yeah. do you see any time... Is there a time jump between Stuart Little 1 and 2? Um... I there is, but I don't think it's supposed to be a very long time jump. I think it's maybe like a year. Okay, so how? If you had to guess, how much time do you think actually elapses in what we see of Stuart Little in those two films? I'm gonna say, at the very most, at the very most, a year and a half, two years, maybe just because my time scale might be wrong for the jump in time. Okay, of... well, theoretically, if... Cause each one of the movies only takes place over the course of a couple days. Right, right. So, uh, theoretically, 
Uh, he could be just a couple months old, and as the mouse matures rather quickly. Um, so what I'm thinking is it's very possible we're seeing one very small snapshot of a realistic mouse lifespan. Okay. And uh, Stuart might have gotten adopted more out of pity and to teach the kid about death than anything else. Oh, that's rough, because the kid's, like, <laughs> asking for a brother. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we gave you a brother, but he gonna die real soon. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah, so, it, like, okay, so mice That means Hugh Laurie's fucked up. <laughs> mice typically live for two to three years. They don't have a very long lifespan. Yeah. So, uh, if we're seeing... Let's, let's, let's cut it down just a little bit for timeline-wise... Let's say this all happens on either side of one year. Yeah, okay. Um, that would give you, like, uh, a year or a few months for him to have grown into what they adopt. Mm-hmm. And then that would give him another roughly year with the family before he dies. Even if we're calling it a year, Stuart himself mentally does not age very much between the two movies. He's right. basically the same character. Okay. Well, and I mean, he's not... Like... I feel the, like they're putting more of a human lifespan on these mice. Uh, maybe, but, like... Michael J. Fox doesn't really sound like a, like, a, like a child in this film. No, but he's clearly supposed to be a child. Right, but he doesn't... He doesn't sound or... And they didn't, like... And he definitely acts like a child. And he didn't pitch up his voice at all. If you have three years to live, are you going to mature very much? I don't know. I mean, that's a fair question. That's, uh, so, if you are adopted as a child... Well, I mean, but the the other two, the, the fake parents, the Jennifer Tilly and then the guy, right. they sound way older than Stuart. Well, right, but they just have different voices. People have different voices. So, you're saying they and were born they, with those old people voices? No, I'm saying that probably for the first couple of months they were a little more squeaky and then they developed into their voice that they're going to have for the rest of their adult lives because mice mature. I think, I think what we're seeing is the end process of their development. So, like, that is their mature age, what we see. Okay. Is they, they are still mice. Mm-hmm. Like, physically, they can't have the full capacity that we as humans have to do things. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. So if we, you know, rationalize what we see in the movie with that knowledge, we can assume that, like, it's kind of like human intelligence uh, square root. Yeah. Square root of human intelligence and then throw that into whatever a mouse has time to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I think, because um, would you say, with the, what your knowledge of those mice in the in the mini golf course, and the word maturity, would you say that they have matured, and are like rational, reasonable people, mice, who have had a lifetime of development to mature? I mean, we don't really get a whole lot of their characters to, for me to really be able to answer that question well. I can tell you that they're sitting around eating junk food and watching TV in a, like, uh, fucking stolen house, effectively. Yeah, well, I mean, they're a caricature of of fif- the 50s, is what they're supposed to be. Right, so. so they are living in excess and, like, wasteful. And so they're just not really, it, to my eyes, that is a form of immaturity because you just haven't grown past that at any point in time to see that, oh, you need to, like, take care of yourself and your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I mean, it's just one of those things we learn as we get older. Like, it, like it's, it's important to do those things. When we're younger, it's easy to, like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But as as you get older, you're like, oh, I really don't like that stinky plate in my sink. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I it looks to me like this, even if they, like, have hit adulthood, 
so to speak, they don't literally have time to mature mm-hmm. to to like an adult understanding. All right. So, I mean, bearing all of those things in mind, uh, put yourself in, in the shoes of the little family. Are you adopting Stuart? No, are you I, adopting a real, an actual human child? I, personally, I would probably adopt a real human child and see if I could uh, buy the mouse <laughs> and just, you know, take the mouse home as well and just be like, hey, Stuart, you're just going to hang out here. <laughs> you're not going to have the life of a normal child. Do you know why? Because you're going to die in a year and a half. You are a mouse, You are Stuart. a mouse. Uh, are... But we got you a cage, and we got you a little ball to roll around in, and here's some tubes. Kids, you can put the tubes together and let Stuart run around in the tubes. You can still talk to him, you know. Yeah. He can talk. I, uh, here's, here's a TV remote for when we're out. We understand that you are intelligent enough to watch a TV, so here you go. Do you think that the the... Uh, I guess we've already decided kind of that they don't. I was going to say, do you think that the mice have rights? Like, would it's a sapient mouse. Are you going to get in trouble for locking him in a cage and forcing him to use tubes and shit to get no, around? See, I, I don't think I would put him in a cage even. and just be like, all right, here's your little mini room. Like, we're, we're a wealthy family. I'm just going to, like, pay a little, like, sorry, pay a little carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> little mouse carpenters. <laughs> no, yeah. Some of them have to have jobs, right? Yeah, well, uh, maybe. But I would pay a carpenter to build him, build Stuart his own little, like, human-style room his size. Yeah. It, 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 could fit, it could fit on the kitchen counter for all I care. Like, I think they actually do that in the second one. He has, like, a, it's like a loft bed, but it's, like, got all the amenities he needs for it, and it's just, like, his size up there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would, like, have his own little room built, and I'd make sure he got to, like, you know, hang out in the house and live in luxury, but also, um, I'm not gonna pay for school for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, like, you, I, I understand what, what you're saying here, but, uh, yeah, you, you are going to die in not that long. <laughs> and, um, I, I, you know, I'll make sure you're nice and comfortable and have lots of things to live in excess. Maybe you'll die sooner. Who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> But you, yeah, you, you'll be happy as you do it. Is my yeah. that's, and I'll make sure of that. Okay. Now I'm gonna go play with my two human children, <laughs> <laughs> and we might come hang out with you a little bit later. They seem very excited about you. Yeah, I mean, talking mouse. What kid's not excited about talking mice? <laughs> Honestly, just talking to a sapient mouse like that, just like, oh, I didn't know if you know you're gonna die. Yeah, right. I know you understand every word that's coming out of my mouth. Let me shove mortality down your throat real quick. Yeah, see, we all have like a hundred years and... Um, you don't even have a tenth of that, bud. No. <laughs> no, so, you know, enjoy it. Here's the weed, I guess. You can try. I don't know. Can can you use a... I, need, I, I couldn't find you a tiny lighter. I'm sorry. <laughs> So what I've done is I've just set this candle over here. Yeah. Just make him a tiny little campfire and be like, just pull out sticks and just like, run it like that. Yeah. Oh, we need to find him a tiny pipe, though, too. Man, this oh, is getting we, difficult. We can make a tiny pipe, or we can show him how to make a little pipe. Uh, just teach him how to roll. Yeah, yeah, teach him okay. how to roll. Yeah, roll your own little joints. There you yeah. go. Perfect. Easy. Done. <laughs> tiny little sapient mouse that smokes. That's so good. Yeah. Yes, I want the mouse. <laughs> yeah, he's just chilling his, you know, because, like, once again, well off enough people to have, like, that that little thing built for him, you know, and make sure he's awesome and comfortable and let him do what he wants, basically, and, like, just let him live out his days as a fucking killer little mouse, dude. Yeah. And, you know, spend time with my human children. <laughs> Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Not one human child and one mouse child. It's really odd. Like, so, the I think one of the, like, lessons, quote-unquote, of Stuart Little is, like, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. 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 So, one of the things that Jonathan Lipnicki's character has to deal with is, like, I wanted a brother, not a mouse. Mm-hmm. And then he learns to love his mouse brother. But the thing is, he's still, like... It's it's weird to make him have to do that. Yeah. As a parent. Yeah, the parents made that decision consciously. 
it's it's I'm not saying it's 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 a weird line because if it's a metaphor for something like I'm not saying don't adopt a child because the special needs would be difficult. Yeah. But like but but a mouse is not a good metaphor for that. Yeah, to to paraphrase cats, a mouse is not a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um um just a mouse is not a person, period. Yeah. And uh and I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Stewart does some pretty incredible things throughout the movie. Like he he sails a boat. He's never done that before. But if you put him out on that water in a life or death situation, apparently he's gonna run up and do the things with the masts and do. He he won that boat race. Yeah. He'd never sailed a boat before in his life. He sure did. That was a remote control boat race that he won. Yeah, but he won By it sailing. through the power of sails because there were still sails on the remote control boat, and the and apparently the masts were just like a real boat yeah all of it did yeah it all worked just like a real boat it was just it was supposed to be remote controlled but the controller got smooshed smooshed controller by a bully yeah by a bully a bully did that yeah yeah it's just like the car thing like he shouldn't have been able to drive the car but it he can yeah he can just do that so huh I feel like Stuart is a more special mouse than any of the other mice. I feel like there's something different about Stuart. After sitting down and, like, hashing it out with you, I appreciate this conversation because it has led me to the realization that there's something different about Stuart than the rest of the mice. Maybe we should watch a Stuart Little. Oh, God, I have both of them at my house on DVD. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's streaming on something. It's It was a popular movie, but it's not like the, the rights are going to be particularly expensive. For... Yeah. Well, I have it, so we can we can do that, I guess. I just uh, think I think this might be worth revisiting at some point, or like when we have like we just take notes, yeah, and maybe maybe come back, but um, maybe come back. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking, like, if I were in this world, I think I would get obsessed with buying my mouse little things for him to use until he died and then I would just be obsessed with getting more sapient mice to like give cool things to and like get this weird obsession with like miniature working things no so I envision you like yes you do all that but then every time one of the mice dies you get him taxidermied <laughs> in his fav- in, in his favorite outfit yeah. And so, and then, like, you bring new mice down, and they're like, you know, you're giving them the tour, and then you're like, don't go in that room. <laughs> like, that that's my room. You don't need to go in that room or whatever. And then, you know, they eventually will get into that room, and there's just, like, an army of taxidermied <laughs> mice in outfits. It's just, you're like, a all... mice serial killer. It's not a serial killing. I'm letting them die on their own. I'm just, you know, making sure they have the best possible life before that. And then keeping them around. I just I envision them, yeah, sitting around like it's it's almost like like a Warhammer forty K set or a bunch of D and D minis, but it's all just mice. Yeah. Just like uh, display shelves with lighting. Oh my god, like can you imagine shelves. like if we had sapient mice and we we're playing D and D and we just got the mice to LARP what we said was happening? That'd be so good. <laughs> or even or even just have them play the NPCs. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be so... I, I'm mad we don't have sentient mice. Sapient mice. Stuart Fuck. Little's a weird world. It um, is. I've, it's been on my mind a bit, and I, I needed to pick your brain about it. Yeah. I'm glad you'd seen that first one so many times as yeah. a child. It yeah. made this very helpful. It It's imprinted in my head. Like, just... <laughs> Not like the whole the whole plot. There's stuff I forget, but like there are certain visuals from that movie I will never ever leave my mind. I'm gonna have dementia in the retirement home, and they're gonna be like, "What are you, What are you thinking about right now?" And I'm gonna be like, "He made it across through the pond in that in that sailboat. What? <laughs> he took the car down the sewer. You don't drive a car in the sewer." How did he drive the car in the first place, let alone through the shit? <laughs> I don't understand. Did you ever see the second one? I don't remember. Right. It, it certainly didn't make... It Was Hugh Laurie also in that? Yes, he, it's a full returning cast, plus uh-huh. it has James Woods and the girl who plays the small bird. 
Yeah, I guess the mafia cats are out. James Woods. They, he still gets roles, and he's a bad person. The mafia cats are out, but Snowbell's best friend cat does make an appearance because he's he eats James Woods at the end of the movie. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh. Uh, see, uh, I think casting directors think it's cathartic for us to watch James Woods get hurt or lose his job or you know just lose in the plot. But, but he's he's, he's just, just making money. He's just a bad man, yeah, and he's got iconic villain rules now. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. piece of candy. Yeah. Ooh, piece of candy. See, and that was a slightly different story because they were actually calling him a piece of shit, but it was also him. Yeah, it was and... actually him doing it, and he was in on the joke. He just doesn't care. Yeah. Much like me. Ah. Right, but he's like an actual piece of shit. You're just a little apathetic. More than a little, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, he wouldn't actively harm people. Not unless just... I had to. <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't do it simply for your own benefit. How much benefit? Very little. Oh. And you have to destroy their lives. Is it enjoyable? No. Hmm. Unless you're a bastard, man, and I just know that you're not. Hmm. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> That's also <laughs> debatable. Uh, so, I guess uh, we will circle back around to this conversation, I guess, in sometime in the future. Yes, I think we will. I do, uh, I do wonder, do you... <sighs> why? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine anything where, like, is... Do you think there's, like, little mouse theater troops that travel around? That's what I'm saying. Like, some of them have to have jobs. Like, there there has to be, like, like a flea circus, but it's mice. or right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be some little mouse construction worker out there making houses for other mice. There's, there's got to be... They'd be so be... good for, like, little tech jobs where they just have to go in and just do, like... A little soldering on one very specific thing. Yeah. They just, like, specially design a soldering iron to go onto a mouse, and then you... Mouse bomb disposal? Yeah. Yeah. Like... There's so many things mice could be good at for those little things, so it's... It's weird that we don't see any in... Anywhere else except for in the mini golf course. Yeah. And even in the second movie, Stuart's the only mouse. That's weird. It is weird. It's, I'm just now realizing, like, much like the, there's no dogs, there's only Stuart and then those other two mice. Yeah, that's really weird, because, like, there's not... I don't know, like, it, it feels like if he can get adopted, he should have some level of regularity in the world. Because, once again, people don't react to the fact that he is a mouse. They react to the fact that they made the choice to adopt a mouse. Yeah. Which is, I mean, feels wrong. You shouldn't really judge people's choices like that. That's At the, the same time, if I saw someone and I was like, oh, nice pet mouse, and they're like, oh, it's not a pet, I adopted him, it's my son. I'm like, I'm getting a little judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> I might judge a little bit. Well, yeah, but in, until Michael J. Fox goes, hey... I'm sapient. And I go, oh shit, and I slap it. I'm like, that mouse just fucking talked. <laughs> you just killed my son. You're going to jail. No, mice don't have rights. That's not the way this works. I feel, we agreed on this earlier. I feel like if they were legally adopted by an American family, they would be an American citizen and therefore would have American rights. I don't. That means the mouse has to have a social security number, which I just don't think is the truth. I think it must. I think it must because it was in the foster care system, and you, I, you have to have a social security number to be involved in almost any government programs. I think, I man, I just cannot. It, it brings me right back to what fucking year is this taking place in? <laughs> okay, what I just said threw me off because that's true. Yeah, you, you need a social security number to participate in almost any government program. Was he issued a social security number at the orphanage, I, or well, yeah. was he actually born in a place where he received one at birth? He had well because the orphanage uh, they try to find Stewart's parents for him, and the lady comes back to them after the fake family's taken him away. The lady comes back and says, "I found the records." Um, Stuart's parents are dead. They've been right. dead for years, was her exact, like, statement, pretty much. Okay. 
Um, does she say how at all? I, 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 I think she does. And I, my, the two things my brains are telling me is it's either a car crash or a fire, but I don't remember. Uh, hey, Siri. Uh, how did Stuart's little parents die? How did Stuart's little parents die? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even hear me right. <laughs> well, that's good, because you didn't say it right. <laughs> how did Stuart's little parents die? It absolutely heard me somewhat, because I typed in how did, and the first ones that came up are how did curious george die how did whitney houston die how did michael jackson die curious george died <laughs> i don't know apparently when did no <laughs> hopefully not before the man in the the yellow suit <laughs> curious george can't be dead curious george lives on in the imaginations of children's all over the world uh, in the film, Stuart was born to a mouse couple and lived happily with them until one day, Stuart's biological parents died in an accident inside a supermarket, where they crashed into a tower of mushroom screen cans while they were grocery shopping. Okay. So they, they died in a bit. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So, well, that has been established, at least. There's a fandom.com for Stuart Little. Oh man, we were gonna have to revisit this. I, I um so Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so uh, they're from New York. Yeah. Uh He likes having friends, being a rat, being adopted by the <laughs> there's a full list here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, being a rat, he's not a rat. He's a mouse. There was a Stuart Little 3. What? I, I'm going to look it up on IMDb, but that's where it says his last appearance was. I've n I did not even know that. I've only seen the first two. Thought that's all that there was. Hoped, more like, that's mm -hmm. all that there was. There was a TV series in 2003, so that was after the show. So it was probably based on the show. Um, Stuart Little 2 came out in 2002, and Stuart Little 3, Call of the Wild, what? came out in 2005. Oh my god, Call of the Wild, if that's not like the most late 80s, early 2000s sequel title I've ever... It appears to be animated. Ooh, okay. Is it still voiced by the same people? Uh, yes. That's good, at least. Yeah, everybody, everybody returns, and Wayne Brady's in it. Ah, is Wayne Brady gonna have to choke a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> and Tara Strong, Tom Kenny, Katsuchi. That's a um, professor's clone. Oh, okay. Um, and basically all the other kids in Futurama. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't know that was a thing. So maybe might have to see that eventually at some point, maybe. Do you want to hear the thing? Sure. Uh, Tell me the thing. Stuart's Little's back in an all-new adventure. Stuart's Little's is back. <laughs> no, you're in your hand. What about it? Oh, that. Okay. <laughs> Ominous point. In my middle area. There's a dog behind me. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, Stuart's Littles is back and all news adventures. Um, school's out for the summer and the little family is... I get it. Is spending their big vacation at a beautiful lakeside cabin near Lake Garland. But meanwhile, there's something lurking in the forest who could spoil all the fun. The Beast, a mean and isolated forest terror who rules the local animals with an iron paw. When Snowbell is taken prisoner, a little... What? <laughs> a, a little bravery goes a long way as Stuart, along with his new skunk friend named Rico, played by Wayne Brady, okay. who heroically rescues Snowbell, frees the other woodland creatures, and outwits the wily beast. So this one sounds like we might get a dog. 
It it looks like a Boy Scout adventure. It does. Okay. This one it's we're in the forest. We we might get that might be a wolf. That might be like a coyote or a fox. Yeah. Um the skunk looks weird. That is way too cute to be Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady is adorable. Mm, I don't know. Um, but that it sounds like we might oh, finally here's, get... Here's the, here's the weird... Like, it's got the full insert on there for some reason. Like, if you were to take the insert out of a VHS... Yeah, that is... Wow. <laughs> All right. It's even got, like, the spine... Like, it was clearly released for VHS. You can see how wide it is. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely a VHS copy of that. In 2005. There's a barcode on the back. <laughs> That's, yeah, so, <laughs> Stuart Little 3 exists. Oh, here's the DVD one. They've, they've got both of the inserts. That is so fucking weird. Yes, Samet, we hear you. We we just let him out. <laughs> Door opening and closing noise. Maybe I'll edit around this. I don't know. Directly up the stairs. He looks less cute than that one, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's not good. That's not good. It was really creepy, actually. Yeah, he's like weird and elongated and sideways. That's not how you're supposed to lean for a fist bump. No, it it looks like if they did um, I also Sid like, from Ice Age wrong. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It also looks like Stuart Little is doing the Egyptian with the way he's doing his little fist bump down there. The the, the Egyptian dance. Oh, yeah, because he's going up a little bit and his other hand's just back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this movie looks weird. It's like it's it's like that early CG stuff where it's almost cell shaded, but just because they couldn't not do that. Yeah, it almost looks rotoscoped. Yeah, <laughs> like, but it's not. It's clearly animated. Oh, here's the family. Oh. Well, they look fine. Different. <laughs> yeah, they don't really look like Hugh Laura, Gina Davis, and that kind of looks like Jonathan. It kind of Jonathan Lipnicki's is the the closest one. Yeah, that is that doesn't look like either of the the parents though. No, um, partially because they got rid of the trademark uh, Hugh Laurie five o'clock shadow that he's always got no matter what. Yeah, it's hard for I think he just literally can't get rid of it. Yeah, I I agree, but like it's very obvious when you look at an animated one that doesn't have that. You're like, well, there's no way that's him. <laughs> I might do a report on Hugh Laurie. He's had a weird career. Have you ever seen a bit of Fry and Laurie? I have, I think, like, maybe, like, a couple minutes of it. I looked like, it up because Stephen Fry, uh, we uh, we share a last name, so that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Also, our first names rhyme, which is also cool. Also, Stephen Fry's a fucking badass. Yeah. Um, So it's it's an honor to share a last name with him. Uh, but I went back and, like, just was looking through his old stuff, and I found out that him and Hugh Laurie did a sketch comedy show in England in the 80s, or mm-hmm. on the BBC, at least, in the 80s. And it was called A Bit of Fry and Laurie, and it's fucking great. Yeah. It's just really funny. It's, like, I, I'm kind of, it's Monty Python-esque, but yeah. it's just two guys. And they're having a good time. Uh, they're, they're having a good time. Having too, a good time. Two wild and crazy guys. <laughs> but not quite like that. It was a much better sketch show than SNL has ever been. <laughs> not ever. All right. There's some really good ones from the past. There's some really good ones. There's some really, really funny SNL bits. But one last... of my favorite ones is one of your most hated ones. What? I remember right. The the Don't Fear the Reaper bit with Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah, yeah. It makes me so tired. <laughs> it's just, it's what Blue Oyster Cult is the most popular for, and I hate that. Yeah, I know, but... They're you, such a really the... talented band. <laughs> I've got a fever, and the only prescription is some more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... <laughs> they Christopher have... Walken and, and and Will Ferrell are the, clearly the best parts of that sketch. Well, yeah, but the, the, the sketch revolves around the one song that everybody knows from Blue Oyster Cult already, and then it proceeds to make a joke of that one song, and then that's all anybody ever says when I say Blue Oyster Cult. And I want to talk about songs like Black Blade and the album Mirrors. That's fair. <laughs> It's true. It's burned into my memory. The one part, my favorite part of that whole sketch is uh, Will Ferrell 
at one point, he's got the cowbell and he's hitting it, and he's like doing the party boy up on Jimmy Fallon as he's hitting the cowbell. <laughs> and Jimmy Fallon's pretending to play the guitar or whatever, and just like cannot because Will Ferrell's rubbing his like he's wearing this crop top and his yeah. belly's all hanging out and he's gross and sweaty <laughs> and he's rubbing his belly on Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Fallon just breaks character and starts laughing like he basically just like almost puts the guitar down and he just like turns away from the camera he's like cracks up and it's so good character breaking from like like Jimmy Fallon is questionably funny yeah <laughs> But, like, he, he is a good performer, so watching a good performer break is always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and especially on something like SNL, where they're so used to people fucking with them yeah. and, like, dealing with that and improving around it. And just not being able to even with Will Ferrell, just like, <laughs> I can't, I can't, <laughs> I'm laughing now, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great, it's so good. Oh, all right. Well, I think that's been the Stuart Little episode. <laughs> yeah. Some some tangents and thrown in for funsies. Um, so there's a third Stuart Little. I think we're just going to have to go through and watch the Stuart Little movies and come back with some notes and do another ask about yeah. this universe because it seems fucky. Yeah, I agree entirely. I am very interested to see the third one because it might answer the question that I had earlier about the dogs. Holy shit, wait a minute. Stuart Little 2 has him on a skateboard on the cover. Yeah, yeah, he skateboards. I guess he could get a tech deck, but... He also has little pads and a little helmet. <sighs> Which I think there were little tech deck pads that went on your knuckles, if I remember there right. There were. They did do that. They did do that, but that was a pretty limited run thing. People didn't really get into it as much as as much as I thought they would. Yeah. Man, I go down the cellar, I still see people. People get bring their tech decks down, they're doing tricks on the bar and it's stuff. Fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's a great way, like, when you're a skater and you got a way to skate without skating, especially, like, and you're stuck sitting down all day or, like, are recovering from falling skateboarding, it's nice to just have that little, that physical release of skateboarding in, like, a miniature version. It's nice. Now, this a... Uh, teenager friend of mine had a handboard that uh, he would use i want i want a handboard so bad they're really really fun i i got to the point where i could do like 180 tricks and stuff with them like <laughs> it was rad yeah i get big flip like no problems yeah <laughs> yeah he used to like have big flips or like 180 shove it stalls and all sorts of mm. I could, I'm never any good at that shit i can't figure it, it out it's a lot easier when you know what your feet are supposed to do <laughs> uh, it's it's also a lot easier with the two hands as opposed to fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Stuart Little's riding a skateboard, and if I watch this film and it is clearly not um, a toy skateboard, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> hey, at least it's not a shitty little tiny Dave Mira bike for your fingers. You remember those? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> And on that note, we're out of here for this week. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye.